All right, you can have a seat. Before I really get going this morning, I know or this evening, I know that we're we have a family worship situation this evening. So uh, I'm saying this mostly because I know maybe my son might need to step to the back room. So don't be shy if you need to go back there and let the kids get a little energy out. There is nothing wrong with that. And also know I, I'm I'm aware that there might be some fidget fidgeting fidgeting in the rows. So that's not going to hurt my feelings at all. At the same time, I'll try to be a little shorter than normal, so at least hope in that. Um, I know you probably don't believe that coming from a preacher, um, but I will try to be a little bit shorter this evening. So if you need to get up, hey, if you even just need a, a cup of hot chocolate while you're sitting there, you won't hurt my feelings if you need to get up there and get a cookie and a hot chocolate. Uh, so with that, I do want to just take a little bit of time this evening and uh, reflect on Christmas just a little bit. Christmas is always a, a fairly joyous time. I know there's some difficulties, and some people have maybe bad memories or different things, but, but all in all, Christmas is a very joyous time. And I, I'm praying that you have ample opportunity to, to connect with family and just even spend some time to worship, even in your own personal way at home as you celebrate this season. But this evening, if you'll allow me, I, I want to take a look at God's Word and, and just see what it says specifically for us this evening. But to kind of set the stage, I want us to look again at another Christmas carol. We've been on Sunday mornings looking at Christmas carols and looking at the, the gospel meaning behind them. And so I want to look at one more Christmas carol this evening. And as I've been preaching about it, carols are used to draw our attention to Christ. They're a, a signaler of sorts. They signal who He is in Christmas. But at the same time, I've kind of mentioned this, but, but our Christmas carols have kind of become routine. Do you ever feel like your Christ, the Christmas carols we sing are like muscle memory? Like you know all the words, you almost have them memorized, but you don't really think about what you're singing when you're singing them. So they've kind of become routine. They're commonplace. So this evening I want us to again pause and take this final carol to kind of return our hearts to worship. So this evening, before we get more into the Christmas festivities when we get home later, I want us to take a moment to turn our hearts to worship. So tonight we're going to talk about the song, The First Noel. We'll get an opportunity, we're going to sing that in a few minutes as we do our candle lighting, but I wanted to talk about this song, The First Noel, and as we begin to look at it, I want to look at a few of the words, and if again, maybe you have it memorized because you've sang it so many times, but the words go, The first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in the fields as they lay, in the fields where they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel, Noel. Again, this is one of those songs where we've kind of lost the meaning a little bit. If you pause and just think about it, you probably have a hard time defining Noel. Even me, myself, I had to look it up this week. I, don't, I didn't know what Noel, I kind of had an idea, I know it's associated with Christmas, but I wasn't sure what Noel means. A little bit of history on the word and the reason we use it. It's become commonplace with Christmas. In fact, it basically means Christmas. But what the word came from, some believe it was Old French, meaning the word meaning birth. 
So we kind of get that idea with Christmas. It's the birth of Christ. At the same time, in New French, some scholars believe it comes from novellus, which means news. Well, that one makes sense too because we know we talk about Christmas and the angels had news, the shepherds had news. It was good news of Jesus being born. We know that they announced it. I think both of these kind of get to the point, but as I was researching this week, there was another suggestion that I liked a little bit more. And to kind of get at where we get this word, many times in English we shorten phrases to one word. No, I'm not talking about like in your texting, but sometimes common words that we use, we've actually shortened. So a few examples, you might have no, no, not have known this, but goodbye is a shortened way to say God be with you. That's why we say God, goodbye or farewell. We say fare ye well. That's where farewell comes from. I don't really use the word ye anymore, but that's the idea of those words. So one scholar says or argues that in the same train of thought, some suggest that Noel is the shortening of now all is well. As I was researching that this week, I loved that. Now all is well. So that's how I want you to remember Noel. This evening and and, and when we come to Christmas in the future, think of Noel. And any of these ways is a good way to remember good news and, and proclamation of who Jesus is. But remember it in the idea that now all is well. So here's what I'm getting at this evening. In Christmas, we worship because now all is well. So with that, I want to look at a well-known set of verses I want to see this idea that now all, how we, how we know that now all is well. So we're going to look at John 3. You might have your Bible with you. John 3 this evening, and I'm sure some of you have known it. In fact, this is famous even on TV. So it's well known, but John 3, I'm going to look at verses 16 through 18. So let's read that this morning. John 3, starting in verse, excuse me, this evening, starting in verse 16 course maybe you've memorized it for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life now moving into the next part maybe the part that you haven't heard before verse 17 for God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So I want to think for a minute of where John is going with this, this author John. The first thing we notice is that before God sent his Son, kind of the, the assumption of this is everything was not well. And if you know the history of the Bible, things were not going very well in the Middle East at the time. Also underlying this passage is the idea that we all perish. I don't have to convince you of that. You probably know that. That there's no eternal life apart from Christ. And there's also this idea that's kind of assumed that we stand condemned. So those are some of the things underlining this text. But here's what this passage says. It says, all is now well because God sent His Son. All is now well because of Christmas. I think about this, it's kind of like the feeling, this now all is well feeling. It's some of these feelings we have with Christmas. 
And it may be just a glimpse, and you might grab it here and there, but it's, it's that feeling when, uh, say it's late, later tonight, when you're having a meal together, and you glance over, and your family is happy and laughing and, and sharing a meal. That's when you know it's, it's all well. Or it's like in the morning when you wake up, and the kids are tearing into presents, and there's a big smile on mama's face because they're liking everything that they're getting. That feeling is, it is all well. Or maybe it's tomorrow after Christmas uh, dinner and you, and you kick your feet up and maybe put a football game on or a Christmas movie and you're resting and, and at peace and the family's happy and playing with their new stuff. A feeling of all is well. I think it has its marks all over Christmas. But I think this passage shows us how there's even more comfort in knowing what God has done. Why we celebrate Christmas. So I want to take a few more minutes and just talk about three ways that we know from this passage that all is well. That all is well knowing what God has done. So let's look at it again. Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So right there, we know this passage, for God so loved the world, but the way that we can know that it's all well, Christmas tells us that we have comfort, we have this feeling of all well because we are loved. We are loved. If you look at that, think about it like an all-powerful God loves us. Without a, a Christ that, that He sent, we stand condemned. We do perish. But here's the thing, here's what this tells us. This is why this is such a phenomenal verse. It's so powerful because God, it says that God thought enough of you and He thought enough of me to send His Son to die on the cross for us. To send His Son to Christmas so many years ago. So let's talk about love for a minute. Sometimes we read the Bible and we read about God and we think He's like a policeman. And there's nothing against policemen. In fact, my brother-in-law is a policeman. But we think God is like a policeman, and they serve their purpose, certainly. And they're only going to come after you if you break the law. But we think God is just going to punish us for doing things we're not supposed to and breaking the Ten Commandments. Instead, if we're going to think about God, we need to think about Him as a father looking for His missing children. It's so scary to lose a child. And He's looking for us. We can look at Genesis and we can see this. When Adam disobeys, when Eve disobeys and they're hiding in the garden, God comes and looks for them. So instead of reading it that God is like a policeman or an authoritarian, read it like a, a, a father searching for his lost kid. That's love. Or I love this story. A, a famous pastor tells a story of a, a lady that once visited him. And unknowingly, she had messed this verse up. It says, only begotten son, right? Well, this lady messed it up and thought that it said, only forgotten son. It's funny, I've never heard it that way. But this pastor, being fairly quick-witted, said, do you know why God forgot his son? Again, she got it wrong, but he was playing on these words. So the lady responded and said, no, why? Why would have God forgotten his son? And the pastor simply said, because he wanted to remember you. That's what the love of Christ is. That's what we celebrate in Christmas. Is that God thought about us so much that He sent His Son. So that's our first point, that God 
loves us. But not only does God love us, not only can we have comfort because God loves us, but the second thing this verse tells us is that we have comfort because God gave. We have comfort because God gave. And again, we know the story that we give because God gave us a gift. That's probably a lot of us, our favorite part of Christmas is getting gifts. But notice what verse 16 says again. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave. He gave his one and only son. You see, God's plan to make us right through Jesus wasn't forced or, or coerced. Have you ever thought about that? Nobody made God give Jesus. Nobody made God give us a gift. God decided to give us his son. He wasn't made to do it. Now think about this. Salvation is something God gives us. It's the ultimate gift. You couldn't ask for any more. And sometimes we approach this and your hesitation might be that you aren't good enough. That you haven't done enough good things to be right with God. You might have came through that door, you're watching us online this evening, and you're like, there's just not enough good in me to earn this that God's given me. The key word is gave. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Think about gifts again. How many of you guys, while receiving a gift, have ever flat out said, no, I can't, I can't receive it? We don't do that. We don't operate that way. Yeah, the polite thing to do is say, you know what? Oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, no, you, no, you shouldn't have. No, don't, you, you don't have to get me a gift. We say that, but if someone gets you a gift, it's rude to reject it. You're going to take that gift. If it's an honest, good gift, you'll still receive it. So why would we do this with God? He's given us uh, salvation through Christ, so why would we reject the gift of His Son at Christmas? I think for us, as we're thinking about Christmas and we're looking for this all is well, we need to surrender and accept that gift. Let go of what you don't think you deserve. That's usually why we don't accept that gift. We think I'm too bad or there's too much in my life. I don't deserve this. Trust Him. Trust Christ. Find that comfort in Him. You see, Christmas isn't about what you've done or haven't done. It's about what God has done. So I think in this we see that now all is well because God loves us because of what He has done, what He has given us. And the third thing from this verse, and then I'll be done, is that there is a comfort in Christmas because we are no longer condemned. We are no longer condemned. Look at verse 17 if you have your Bible. John continues, he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So Jesus came to, 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 to save. We ask ourselves, why do we need to be saved? So look at verse 18 as He continues. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe Him stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. It's not that God just decides to condemn us. It's that without Jesus, we are already condemned. Things are already messy, and we're already condemned without Jesus. And so God comes to help with that. As I was thinking about it, I was thinking about if you've ever had the experience of finding somebody that was lost. 
Like somebody in the woods that got lost. Have you ever helped somebody find their way out of the woods? Or I don't know, maybe it's at a shopping mall or something. But for me, it's usually somebody at the, at, at, in the woods. You help somebody that's lost, they're so thankful. Especially if they put a call out and they're like, I'm not sure where I'm at. And you go help them get unlost. Thank you. I thought I was going to have to sleep out here tonight. I thought I was never going to get out of this predicament. Thank goodness you found me. You see, the point is that, that John is making here is Jesus didn't come to just a neutral world. He came to a dark and a lost and a dying world. We were in a predicament. Things were not well. But here's the good news. Here's the comfort. God sent Jesus to reverse the predicament that we were in. We can have this all is well feeling, this feeling of comfort because Jesus reverses that predicament. We weren't neutral. Things were miserable until Christ came. But Jesus came so that we would not be in darkness anymore. So I think this is where we land with Noel. Again, things were not well before Christ. In fact, ask a follower of Christ, how were things before you started following Him? Not well. And this isn't a promise that your life is just going to make sense and be perfect and all put together, but Christ is going to start ironing out those things when you start following Him. And that's what we talk about when we talk about Noel. And we look at our world, things in our world are not well. People need the hope of who Christ is. There's only one person that comfort comes through. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we have Noel. Comfort comes in the Savior Christ that we celebrate as a baby on Christmas. So as I wrap this up, I think the point is simple. As we think about Noel and the fact that God is making things well, that we can find that comfort and peace in Him, I think the charge to us is to respond like the shepherds. It's interesting, what did the shepherds do? They heard the message, and they responded and followed to where the good news was. They were just lowly shepherds, blue-collar, stinky-smelling shepherds. And they followed what God called them to. And then they told others about this comfort. So my charge to you is find where that comfort is. Find that comfort in Christ. And that's how we know things, that all, all is well with Christ. So let's pray this evening. God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that Christ came to put things back to the way they're supposed to be. And Lord, we know that just from reading your word early on, the, the picture was messed up. And Lord, we know that throughout the Old Testament, we struggled to, to make things right. But Lord, finally, as Christ came so many Christmases ago, we're reminded just how you put things back to the way they're supposed to be. So Lord, we thank you for the fact that you work to make all things well. Help our hearts turn to that and help us to, to rest and, and find comfort in who Christ is. 
So Lord, just be with this message and speak it to our hearts. Help us to worship you this evening. And help us to see the way that you're working in all of these things that we do that are awesome Christmas things. God, I just pray that you would be glorified. I pray these things in your name.